With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Troy Noons is an absolute podcast, and welcome into the recap show, of course. Corey Christen is right here with Julian Wiggum, and we are recapping the Syracuse ACC opener versus uh, NC State. It was a game that there was a lot of vibes towards regarding, can Syracuse pull this off? Is NC State going to run away with it? Is it going to be close? Is it going to be a blowout? Turned out it was a pretty lopsided game at the beginning, but Syracuse really pulled uh, back into it in the second half. Final score, 33-25, NC State wins. Syracuse drops to 2-3, and three, but uh, bringing in Julian Wiggum here. Julian, I'm looking at this game, and tail of two halves for Syracuse. First half, it looked like there was no shot. This team is dead in the water, buried. Second half, they were really brought to life. And I think the, the storyline was how is Syracuse's offensive line going to handle NC State's defensive line? I think it took a while for them to figure it out, but we saw that second half, and we saw exactly what Babers adjusted to and what moves um, they were ready for. So I think that this game was really a tale of two halves. Um, you know, I actually, I talked to some uh, past offensive line for Coach Babers just to get an idea of what it's like to play for him on the offensive line and what exactly this offensive line is trying to do. And his halftime adjustment per his players is play better. <laughs> there's, there's no real adjustment on the offensive line. It's, it's just, hey, it's on you. The scheme works. You're not. So get better. Find a way to make it work. Uh, this is what you're not doing. And, and I think these, these second-half adjustments, quote-unquote, um, are, are really more just Dungy taking over the game. He's, making, he's just reacting better. He gets better throughout the game. You know, he starts off slow because his offense line isn't quite there, but he just adjusts to what they can't, you know, take care of themselves. So, and, he, and then he just goes ahead and adapts. So I, I, I'm really struggling with where this offense line is right now because if they aren't playing well uh, throughout the rest of the season, this, the rest of this team isn't going to play well. Um, because the offense really begins with up front. I mean, it's, it's so cliche to say, but it's so true, and we're seeing the effects of what happens when you don't have an offensive line. But uh, going forward, man, yeah, any team with a real defensive line, which is basically every team left, you know, they still got yeah. Miami, Florida State, Clemson, those all, especially a Clemson team. Did you see them last night? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so it's gonna, it's looking rough, and I'm, I'm worried about Dungy, man, because he's going to have to continue to run the ball uh, if, this, if this offense wants, you know, any life right now. And, and these second-half comes comebacks they're not going to always happen you know mm-hmm. teams are going to put you down and put you away at, at some point so we got to be able to start faster and and this was a real opportunity for Syracuse to you know get into that fourth slot as far as the ACC Atlantic and it was a real letdown this week this is what worries me about this team I, and I feel like we're beating a dead horse with this topic at this point but this ground game there's yeah. nobody it, it's 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 gone from there's maybe someone there and someone needs to step up to there's zero. I mean, Chris Elmore, as far as running backs were concerned, Chris Elmore was the leading rusher for Syracuse with a whole grand 14 yards. I, I mean, I'm really – I'm almost getting to the point where I'm tired of ta- having to talk about this, but it's this offensive line coupled with – I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's design. I don't know if it's talent. It probably isn't talent. But 
there's got to be something there. There's zero ground game. And from there, these defenses that Syracuse is facing, and especially once we get into ACC play, which you got Pitt coming into town next week, and then you got Clemson in a quick, short week. You, you got to figure this thing out quick. I can. I, we honestly talked about this, me and a couple of friends of mine. What's the next football game that Syracuse is going to win? I, and I couldn't pinpoint it. There's a shot against Pittsburgh this week. Yep. You got Florida, or you got Clemson, you got Miami, you got Florida State on the horizon. And I was thinking Wake Forest, and that's not for another month or so. And, yep. and that's just what I'm trying to be as objective about this as possible because. I don't see very many positives with this team other than Eric Dungey and his playmaking ability, Steve Ishmael as an NFL prospect, the linebacking core, which is very talented. There's one other bright spot that's come up that I want to talk about later, but it's discouraging. The the brand of football that this team has put on the field the past few weeks has been simply discouraging. I would argue that a lot of people listening would say the brand of football this team has put out the last couple of years has been you know, yeah. embarrassing. And it's, 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 it's sad because... There's there's so many like good working parts of this football team and there's a lot of talent. I think it's a, some of the most talent that Syracuse had since really the, since when Coach Marone was around in 2012. It's just that one the schedule and two the the one area where you cannot you know lack severely is is where they're really poor on that offensive line and and then you know there's so many look this defense they're playing I think they're playing well. I think they're actually doing a good job. Um, you know, the secondary uh, has improved. Uh, the linebacker core is one of the best in the ACC. This defensive line has added almost 60 pounds of muscle over an offseason, and, and they look beefy. They're playing super well. Um, you know, the gap integrity is incredible. Uh, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch um, in a couple of years. But I, I'm just – I'm just baffled right now because it's like, what what can they do? And if I'm Coach Babers, I'm worried, man. Because yeah. yeah. they're going to graduate a lot of seniors as well. So what are you looking at in year three, man? And it's, and we're in this situation where we're in uh, that four to six area where Coach Babers always talks about in year two. These guys, it, it just clicks, but nothing's clicking right now. Uh, it's just, look, and I'm looking at this NC State defense. Dungy was brought down a few times for sacks. Um, Bradley Chubb had a heck of a game for NC State. Three solo tackles, five assists, three and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. I mean, he was everywhere flying around for NC State. You know, once you have a guy that establishes dominance early on in the game, you got to start keying on him. I mean, it's not a, it's not a simple, it's not a hard adjustment to make. It, it really is not a hard adjustment to make. And what I don't understand is if you're Eric Dungey, and you have two great receivers, and you got Steve Ishmael, who, like we've talked about in the past, is an NFL prospect, and now you have Herb Phillips stepping up. Finally, someone has stepped up. We could check one thing off the box, and that's a second playmaker on offense has stepped up and started to do something. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, one of those playmakers is not standing next to Dungy or behind Dungy during this, before the snap starts. So where does this offense have to go? And, and we could talk about the offensive line all day and the breakdowns and and some of the mistakes they made, but where does this offense pick up from here? Because Dungy and Ishmael can't do it all. You know, Seth Goldberg, I did a show with him the other day, and he said, you know what, I suggest you completely scrap running the ball with your running backs. Completely just don't don't even attempt anymore because it's a waste of a down. And I, at first I'm like, that sounds like the stupidest idea I've ever heard. But then I thought, you know what, you could transfer the responsibility of blocking to the outside. Right, and what that means is start spr- just throwing the ball out 
further spreading, throwing out to the sidelines where your receivers are, where your talent is, or putting a running back out there, throwing it out there to him and get him out there in space mm-hmm. and try to see if you can do something. Because inside, it's not working. Inside the tackles, it's, there's nothing there. No. And, and the, the issue is they're wasting downs on first and second whenever they try to run the ball. And then they put themselves in situations where it's third down and long, third down and seven or, or more. And that, that's when the offense stalls because they're not equipped to go downfield like that and the defense can just play back. That's the best. As a defensive back myself, that was my favorite down third and long because you know the ball's coming out high. Yeah, it's going so, somewhere. Yeah, and, and, and that's just really easy to defend. So, And that's what makes us – and I've talked about this in the preseason. Like, if they can't run the ball like they, like they couldn't last year, they become one-dimensional and it's very easy for defense to key on what they want to do. And we're seeing a lot of that happen, um, especially in the first half of the game recently, LSU, and this past game against NC State. And it, it's going to be an adjustment where – the key is for Coach Papers finding a way to get meaningful yards on first and second down. I think that that screening and, and getting the ball to the perimeter might be Coach Papers' best move at this point. I think people don't realize that you can run the ball without handing it off. You can set up plays to the outside, and you can kick your guards and tackles out to the outside and make plays around the edge and use Steve Ishmael's big frame as a blocker. Yep. You can use that stuff on offense. You know, you don't have to run a play, um, or rather, you don't have to run by handing it off. You can make plays and, and you know swing patterns and, and check downs and releases. There's different ways to, quote, unquote, run the ball. And I feel like at this point, Coach Babers has to explore those options. I, I agree with what you're, you're preaching here because what you're trying to do is establish a formal run game. And by formal, I mean your typical off-tackle or between-the-tackle game. There's no um, real flavor you could put behind that it kind of is what it is it's it's simple design run but at the same time these defenses plan for it and as one-dimensional as Syracuse's offense is and these running backs and Moniel and Dante Strickland one of these two has to figure it out because you can't just keep you can't throw how many passes Dungey throw in a game 50 something if he jacks it up to about 60 a game which I don't think you want him to do just go straight Texas Tech yeah his arms (laughs) gonna fall right off so I mean look you use Dungey as a playmaker, you, you use his legs, and you use his arm. You can use these running backs outside the tackles and use these offensive linemen to move and make plays around the perimeter. And I think maybe that's where Syracuse offense has to go. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. I, I, I'm starting to believe that, you know what, we're gonna have to. We, have, we definitely have to find a new way to run the ball. And and you know what? As my service to, to Syracuse, I'm gonna go ahead and try to look at myself at some of the ways that Clemson and um, these teams that like to spread the ball out do it. And the one thing I reason I say Clemson is because I remember back when we would play them. Uh, when we play a Louisville team um, and a lot of these uh, ACC teams, they would say, "Hey man, this week's gonna be a big week because they make tackle corners tackle." You know, and it always like my freshman. I'd be like, "What do you mean they make corners tackle? Corners always yeah. have to tackle." But then they say, "No, we we have they go to the perimeter. They're a perimeter run team." And what that means is, like you were saying, there's ways to run the football without handing it to your running back. And they would push their running back to the outside and make you a perimeter run game and not go to the interior because a lot of good teams like Florida State or Louisville have talented uh, defensive lines on the interior. So you get to the outside and make your because corners typically aren't that great at tacklers. Get to the outside and exploit them as tacklers. We saw that um, NC State did it. They they went yep. to the outside a lot. They they were a big um, outside run team, and they made corners take good angles. And we saw that was an issue um, that they could not um, 
you know, take very good angles to the ball. They would get up the outside, just jump inside so early in the block just be able to seal them. And NC State was getting outside um, for two touchdown runs outside of the hashes. So, and I think that's something that Syracuse can take can take and use themselves, trying to get to the ball to the outside, forcing corners and safeties to tackle. Um, and a lot of those DBs these days, they don't like to tackle anymore. They just want to dance and, 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 you know, be pretty. So if you can get them out to the outside, make those guys be physical and tackle, I think that might be a, uh, something Syracuse might want to explore because it's been, it's been effective against them and a lot of the more talented teams do it as well next week Syracuse plays Pitt and Pitt has two very athletic defensive ends and Dwayne Hendricks 6'4 265 and Allen Edwards 6'4 240 two athletic guys who can run the edge but they are by nature typical you're, you're they're your typical defensive ends they don't run much coverage they're not your you know Mario Williams for no, example no. Who, who can get out in coverage so maybe Syracuse can use some of those elements next week against Pitt. But, you know, the elite teams can do this. The Clemsons, the Florida States, the Ohio States, these teams can afford to do this because they, can, they have players to sub in and out all day. The thing about Syracuse is I feel like the depth on the offensive line is lacking. There's a lot of youth there. Yep. So if you want to impl- – yeah, freshmen – and then, and then redshirt freshmen, some sophomores. If you want to implement this sort of scheme, it's going to take a lot of time to get down. And d- is this the right time to do it? Because you are in conference play and you are facing, um, you know, the defending national champions on a short week next week or not next week, the, the week after next. And then you have Florida State and Miami on the road, two two tough t- tests. So. I don't know if this is the right time to do it. I really don't know what direction this offense can go in a short period of time. Uh, I mean, the one thing that you you don't want to do because you're getting to the point where it's midseason. Usually, and that's the, that's the scary part is usually you're in the part where you're finding your rhythm now. Midseason, they always say midseason form. Yeah. And what that means is you're starting to finally get it. Like everything's starting to click. You know what you're doing. You know what you like to do. You know where your bread and butter is. Um, so when you're struggling like this. And you're not sure exactly what to do when you're making changes along your off that that spells disaster. Um, I think back to 2013 with this, uh, when we played a, a Wake Forest team and they were struggling on the offensive line. They fired their offensive line coach midseason and then a new guy came in and put in a whole new uh, blocking scheme for them. It was terrible. Yeah. It never worked. And the issue, and I'm sure if they hadn't had installed it in the preseason, maybe it'd been a little more favorable to them. But they tried to switch it up midseason, and that that was very dangerous because they hadn't learned. Um, they're blocking assignments yet. Um, and and I, I think drastic change is, is the worst thing, especially on the offensive line, because that unit is so based on chemi- chemistry and gap integrity um, and relying on the man next to you and, you know, making adjustments right there. Uh, so it, it, it's definitely something that you don't want to tinker with too much because if you make too many adjustments, your guys start to forget what, what exactly the new thing was, and, and then you're starting to have even more problems. Then you're getting dungy hit, and that's yeah. the worst thing that you, you know, we don't want that because going into the ACC game oh, dungy goes much- down. It's it's it, we're looking at a seat three and nine, three and nine season. This defense for Syracuse, it's their linebacking core is unreal. Paris Bennett, Zaire Franklin, Evan Foster, Bennett thirteen tackles, Franklin twelve tackles, Evan Foster eight tackles, and this without a question is the strong suit of the defense and what it can and what it can do and the plays that it can make. I like the I like the adjustments that Babers made in the second half to get these guys more involved from sideline to sideline. Early on, it was a lot of gap blitzing, and it was a lot of pressure, and NC State just simply beat it. Um, their running game's very good. NC State's running game proved to be very good. Um, so 
when I look at this linebacking core, you have something strong to build off of defensively, but we talk about the secondary, what it can do. I feel like they still held up on their own, and I know this team gave up over 30 points, which you never want to see, but there's some silver linings to take from this defense going into your conference play. No, absolutely. And I don't understand why a lot of people want to go after the secondary. They had a great game. I mean, in my mm-hmm. opinion, uh, they held one of the top ACC passes um, to, I think it was just under 200 yards. That's excellent. Yeah, 186 um, he had. Yep, and, and, and the game plan was clearly to, to play back and tackled. He completed a lot of passes, but the game plan is to play back and tackle down on the short things. You know, guys, when you have a high passing percentage up to 75, nearly 80 percent, that means your offense isn't that good because that means you're completing passes that, you know, that no one's covering because they can come down and tackle it real quick for a two yard game. And, and that's what defenses play to. And Syracuse did a good job of that uh, last week in NC State. You know, he completed a lot of balls, but these guys came up and tackled. So that, that's excellent to see. Um, they're getting a lot better, in my opinion. Um, the one thing that killed Syracuse, uh, I think, this week was the penalties. Um, yep. The penalties were, were huge, and there was an opportunity for them um, late in the, I think it was early third or late fourth, um, where they were driving down the field, and there was an opportunity to, to really close the game up, and they decided to just start fights with Chubb and guys getting scrappy, and it was just stupid penalties. And, and, at, and on the field, and, 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 and you know what? When I was a player, when we got in fights, I always walked away. And oh, the yeah. reason I walked away is because I didn't have the energy. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't want, you didn't have it. I didn't have didn't the energy to, no. to actually get into a scrap with somebody. And then, especially if it was like a receiver or something, I'm not trying to hype him up anyway. Why would you? It, it's, it's, there's no reason. Because it's, like, it's like, I'm trying to play this game and then, you know, get this win and get out of here. I'm not, I don't want any extra with it. I'm playing to play the game of football and not give you anything more than that. And guys are going after each other, fighting and scrapping. And, and Syracuse ends up losing they get three penalties on one play yeah. you know end up backing themselves all the way out of scoring territory that's stupid football that's yeah. some of the dumbest stuff i've ever seen especially when you're outmatched you cannot do that when you're clemson you're florida state start fighting people go ahead beat they behind that's fine but when you're getting beat yourselves and you're not that good of a football team that that cannot happen i put that on coach babers to control his team because I, I don't understand where the ego is where you feel like you can do that right now because that's no uh, you it, can't. It, it's poor football it's it's a lack of uh you know, just really any smarts and, and understanding where you are in the game, a lack of respect for the game, especially where you are as a football team. You cannot be doing that um, now at two and three. So uh, I, that, those penalties really killed Syracuse uh, this week. It was just really poor football, uh, dumb football, uh, and that cannot happen going throughout the rest of the season. I hope Coach Weber takes care of that today on Sunday. Let me ask you this, Julian, because if you're a football team and you are you're at this stage at two and three and you're entering – the toughest block in your schedule. What's, what's this mentality as a player? Because you go into practice, welling, you know, you know well that you have a tough home opponent in conference, and then you have an even tougher opponent on a short week the next week. Do you look, how far ahead do you tend to look as a player? Because, you know, you hear all the cliches, take it game by game, week mm. by week, you know, day by day. But what's the reality behind that? You know what? When you when you get when the schedule first comes out, everybody always goes and looks at okay, we can win this one. All right, we'll cut out LSU. I mean, yeah, LSU, Louisville, Miami. Okay, those games we might not get. 
but we can get six games right here. Maybe able to squeeze another one against Pitt right here. That might be seven. Yeah. Uh, so you, you start to pick out the games that you, you feel comfortable with, the ones you should be able to win. But then once you get into the season, once you start to lose those games that you expect to win, um, I think back to uh, my junior season in 2014 when we were expecting to win again. We expected to beat Maryland before we showed up to Notre Dame because it was going to be a primetime game. We knew it was going to be a primetime game, and we wanted to be, I think it was 3-0 going into it because it would have been a real cool setup. And I think if we had won that Notre Dame, we would probably have gotten ranked. Yeah. Um, and our team, we look forward to that. And then we ended up losing to Maryland. And you could tell, like, the whole locker room was just deflated after the game. So it, was it a trap game? Is, is a trap game a real thing? Uh, I wouldn't say it was a trap game because we did prepare. It was yeah. just that the fact that we lost it, we didn't think it's, – it's like getting told you're not as good as you thought you were. You know what I mean? And it's just like, dang, so where where exactly are we then? You know what I mean? So yeah. now you're now you're just trying to fight back and instead reestablish yourselves and, and when you lose your identity as a football team, that's that's one of the most um, you know, heart wrenching things. It's really tough to reestablish yourself and find yourself. When you're trying to find yourself throughout the season, that's when you're getting beat. <laughs> you're yeah. you're losing uh while you're trying to do that. So the teams who know who they are and, and can win the games that they expect to, uh those those teams are doing well. But for the Syracuse team, when you when you're losing games that you thought you were gonna win, like a like a middle Tennessee State game mm-hmm. or or um an NC State I, I think a lot of these guys thought they were gonna win, win this last NC State game, especially against LSU. Um it, it's really kind of demoralizing and it, it, it hurts to uh keep trying to fight through the season knowing it's only going to get harder. Yeah. I'm looking at <clears> – <throat> we talked about um, the big plays that Syracuse allowed last week versus LSU. You know, they really quelled that. The longest play that uh, NC State ran went for 30 yards. And two things that the secondary did well that I wanted to touch on. They quelled Jalen Samuels, who was third in the NCAA in receptions entering this week. Um, they limited him to just five catches and 37 yards. So they shut down – NC State's arguable biggest passing threat, and they eliminated the big play. Again, a big play of 30 yards. That's all that Syracuse gave up. So if there's something else to take from this, not only did the linebacking core do more of the same, and that's play very well, but this secondary, you know, that, that you're you're talking about, Christopher Frederick, um, Kayton Samuel, Scoop Bradshaw, they made plays. And now I have something to build off of because if they gave up two more 40-yard plays or two 50-yard plays this week. I would have been discouraged again. But I think they improved on that point. And towards the second half, you saw these guys start to lock in, and they were ready to go. So another silver lining to take next week in the pit. Yeah, yeah. I I was actually really encouraged by this. Like I said before when I was talking about um, those guys tackling down, uh, my man Chris Frederick, he's doing his thing. Every every time he's having a good game, people start to at me on Twitter. Like, I know Julius is sitting back, you know, chilling and having a good time. (laughs) And Jordan, I'm like, yeah, man, I told you guys. So I'm really excited to see um, what he does for the rest of the year. I think he's got all ACC potential um, going into his junior and senior seasons. Um, I like what the secondary – Coach Nick Monroe has got these guys playing really well. Uh, The secondary, uh, the safety position – have uh, replaced Antoine Cordy, I think, very formidably. Yeah. Um, uh, Jordan Martin is having a great season. Uh, he had a couple missed tackles last week, which was you know disappointing to see. But uh, he's been having a good year. Um, I'm, I'm liking what uh, Rodney Williams did. He didn't play very much against LSU, no. which was which was strange. But he's uh, he's been playing a little bit more. He played a little bit more last week and against NC State, and that was good to see. He was doing. A, he played his game. He's a solid tackler. Always knows where the ball is. Um, Hard nosed type of guy. Um, I, I like what this secondary is doing. Scoop Radio with the interception. Yep. You know, that was a great play. He's got excellent feet, uh, made a great read. Uh, this secondary can play, man. I, I, I give them flags sometimes, and I always say on different shows, like, oh, yeah, they're not certified. Yeah, they're not certified, but 
they're definitely working their way up there. Um, the linebacker core is always going to be who they are, and this defensive line is, is has improved, you know, dramatically this season. The defense is is there. It's just you know sharpening up that focus, and they they came. To, I think they came to play this week. Uh, it's it's just a matter of the that outside integrity. I was the only thing I could really criticize the secondary for at this point was the tackling, and that's the one thing I, that I'm worried about the Syracuse football team is there's no consistency. No. You know, they'll do something well one week, and then they'll be poor at it the next. Yep. So the one thing I, I had to go after the secondary for was really the cornerback play um, as far as containment. And we were talking about how NC State likes to run the ball outside of the hashes and get to the outside. Um, when you're in that situation as a corner, all you got, it, it's easy to tackle a corner because you have the sideline there, and you usually have outside contain anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I only had like maybe 50 tackles in my career. And the reason for it was because I would do a great job of pushing the receiver, squeezing the gap on the outside so that the outside wasn't there, and then just be a big body where the running back's like, ah, I don't want to go out there. I'll just go back inside and, you know, try to take yeah, a you funnel Yeah, you funnel the ball back into the middle of the field. That's all you have to do at corner. It's not a tough job. It's, it, they don't, most college coaches know at this point like, all right, we don't want our corners tackling. Like, it's not, isn't it's not a slight to a corner. It's just like we have linebackers and D linemen for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they tell you in the NFL. I remember I had a tackle um, in, in, inside the uh, inside of the hashes, and Tomlin was like, "Great job, Wade, but we don't need you to tackle. We don't pay you to tackle." <laughs> and that's pay true. You to cover. Yeah, we pay you to cover. So you know, you have a very limited job in the run game at corner. But it was really tough to see that even that small of a task was was so difficult you know scoop bradshaw jumping inside um you know chris frederick uh losing contain on that reverse for a 39 or i think that was uh juwan uh losing contain for that 39 yard reverse play um it, it's just the, the little things that this team has to focus in on because they have the the talent there especially on defense um it's just a matter of sharpening your focus and, and being mentally prepared throughout the week and Sometimes it looks like youth, but then I look back, and a lot of these guys are juniors and seniors. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are you doing? Well, um, and it, it's something that's going to need to improve, you know, for the rest of the year. Well, they got to figure it out pretty quick. Uh, Max Brown, the pick quarterback versus Rice this week, twenty-eight to thirty-two, four hundred ten yards, four touchdowns. Uh, it was against Rice, though. Still, you, that's the game you simulate on NCAA football. You don't accidentally <laughs> throw four hundred yards. Uh, if you play at Rice, you might. <laughs> you may, you may. But but my point is, you have a quarterback coming off of a very good week. Yes, and yes. Pitt. Now, here's here's what I wanted in a short preview-ish versus Pitt here. Um, they're running attack. They're still trying to replace James Conner. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done that quite yet. They've, they've tried several players. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, they, they've given the ball to. Um, they got Moss. They got uh, Henderson. They have some guys that can run the rock. But... Uh, they didn't have a great game versus Rice. Uh, just 106 yards rushing total versus Rice. So um, Syracuse's strength matching to Pitt's weakness. That's that's a plus. But Pitt airs the ball out. Yes. So it's time for these corners to figure it out pretty quickly because you can't slip to two and four with Clemson coming in on a short week. I think, you know, Syracuse coming back home, um, coming off of two losses, I think they'll be hungry enough for the win. And I'm confident in the – oh, my goodness. This is the first time I'm going to say it. And I can't believe I'm confident enough in this secondary. Please don't make me wrong. (laughs) I'm confident enough in this secondary. I think that they can shut down this pit passing attack only because – NC State's quarterback was throwing for 300 yards, 300 yards, and he had a 400-yard opening game, I, I believe. Uh, he, he was an excellent quarterback, a 75% of clip, uh, and they managed to shut him down. 
Uh, so, uh, and they, they shut down LSU's passing attack that it really is honestly pretty pedestrian. But they've improved so much. They had three game, uh, three interceptions in, t- in two games coming into NC State. Um, they had another one that got called back last week. They're playing well, you know, against the pass. Yeah. So I'm going to say it this week. I think they can do it. <laughs> but like we talked about, the consistency just has not been there. Um, so I'm a little shaky, but, you know, I feel good about this group coming in next week at home against Pitt. Real quick, the thing with Pitt, they had two big plays of over 45 yards. They had a pass play to Jester Wea, who was their leading receiver. He had 137 yards total. He had a 55-yard catch. And then Shantez Moss had a 48-yard catch for Pitt. So perhaps two big plays for Rice helps that cause. But um, the last point I wanted to make about Syracuse this week, uh, we talked about in the past couple weeks about how somebody has to step up that's not named Steve Ishmael. And... Again, somebody did that this week. Irv Phillips, how about the day he had? 17 catches for 188 yards. And Steve Ishmael, he, he had his usual 100 yards, but it was a ho-hum six catches. You know, that was a slow day at the office for Steve Ishmael. But Irv Phillips, 17 for 188. How impressive has he been the past couple weeks? Yeah, the kid's a monster. Uh, the coach, I mean, excuse me, uh, Dungey was saying earlier in the year that, you know, he was my most consistent receiver during camp. And that tells me that that's probably his most comfortable pass to him. Like, you know, plus it's the easiest throw throwing it to your slot receiver across the middle. But he was just – he was working. Yep. He was working those linebackers on the inside, you know, just hitting the little pivot and then getting to the outside. It was the easiest throwing catch I've ever seen. And I'm like, oh, man, that's there all game, baby. Yeah, get that thing. So it, it was just a lot of fun to see um, those two connect. Uh, the way Irv runs his routes, uh, the kid's just swaggy. You know, he, he's always, you know, dripping sauce uh, as, as far as, you know, coming on the field, looking good, ready to go, ready to always feeling good and, and, and doing what he has to do. Uh, if he can continue that throughout the year, man, I, I think he's he's also an all-ACC contender. He's Last season he was super consistent, always got his seven catches for around 80, 90 yards. So to get 17 this week, I hope it, you know, propels him, you know, for the rest of the season to be that that solid guy. And I always felt like Steve and, and Irv were, were 1A and 1B. I feel like they're both number one options, So and especially in this offense. So if they can have him going, man, I, it, it really helps when they don't have a – because this offense doesn't have a running game, it really helps to be able to go to Irv, uh-huh. and I hope that, honestly, I hope they continue to extend his role. I want to see Irv on pump returns now. Yeah. I'm trying to see that because I think the kid's talented, and he's one of the, the most shifty athletes I've ever seen. I love what he's how, the way his career has progressed. You got a quick prediction versus Pitt next week as we get out of here? I'm, gonna, I'm giving Syracuse the win. I think okay. they come back strong. I'm going to give it to him 31-28, Pitt, uh, Syracuse. Ooh, close, a high-scoring close game. Yes. You know, I think Syracuse does have a very good chance this week. I think if there was a time to – bring Pitt into town, it would be right now. Yes. I, I don't think you could have asked for, you know, if you had, like, Clemson now, or you had, uh, like, Wake, or not Wake Forest, if you had, like, at Florida State or at Miami now, that would be pretty pretty tough. But you're bringing in a Pitt team who, like you said, coming off of a weak opponent, maybe they have some confidence, but Syracuse has worked towards this identity that we've discussed, and... Um, I think they'll be able to exploit Pitt. I think Syracuse wins, but I think it's uh, a closer one, maybe a little less scoring. I'd say about 24-17 to 17 or 24-18 in that ballpark. Um, but I, I feel better about this team now than I did two weeks ago, and I think that's the important thing. Um, any final thoughts before we log out of here? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, really proud of the way these guys are fighting back. Just got to get better on offensive line, start to get them off a little bit stronger, and I think Syracuse can pull out a win next week. I think if... Dante Strickland has a career game. Syracuse coast to a win this week. And uh, I know a career game is saying something, but if he 
plays well. Syracuse has a pretty good chance this week. So that does it for for us today. Julian Wiggum, I'm Corey Christen, Syracuse Falls to NC State. We'll see you next week. We'll recap the pit game for you. Definitely subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a good like rating. We'll see you later. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.